Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than a dash of hocus pocus. Mm, it's back. My name's Ash Rose. You know the drill. Your host, any guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. And we're still going through our celebration of 30 years in the Premier League by going back to the class of 1992-93 and speaking to some of the people that are involved in that famous advert and that famous team shot from Sky Sports. We're continuing that today, 30 years on from when it was done. 30 years of the Premier League. Hey, if you want to know about 30 years in the Premier League, check out the 30 years of the Premier League official, well, it's not official, but a guide to the Premier League that has just been published by Kennedy Publishing, written by yours truly. So if you want to delve deep into 30 years of the Premier League, including eight of them, in the 90s, people, our favourite decade, then go and get your hands on the book zine that is out now. It should be available in all good supermarkets, some bad ones, and um, your Smiths, all that, all the usual places you buy magazines. You should see 30 years of the Premier League. If you're not, and you really want to get hold of it, hit me up on Twitter, at Ashraz UK. I will find you an outlet that is selling it, as uh, yeah, and I will get that. I'll scratch that Premier League nostalgia itch that you have. Out now, cheap plug, over. Let's continue the episode. That's talk about still alive and kicking. And we've reached the front row of our team shot from 1992. And it's Andy Ritchie. And then when we talk about club legends, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that Andy Ritchie is an Oldham legend. So this is an Oldham episode speaking about, well, it's funny to think now, isn't it? Obviously, because they're not a uh, league club anymore, which is kind of crazy when you think about they were in the Premier League when they when it first launched in 1992. But we speak to Andy about that time uh, at, at Oldham as well, because obviously he was quite a veteran of the game at that point. He obviously made his name at Man United in the 80s as well, which we talked to him about. But I, growing up, just remember Andy Ritchie and Oldham. They were just a thing. So it was great to speak to him for this little series that we've been doing. Uh, so that's coming up now. And I mean, talking of launches and, and relaunches as well, we're on the eve, as I record this, and I'm sure we'll talk about this next show because Ed Chambers will be back next week as well when we talk for a, a proper full episode of Alive and Kicking. And we've got Paul McCarthy, uh, who's a well-renowned journalist, talking about his new book on the show. But we will probably be reviewing this as well. Fantasy Football League launches tonight um on sky so it's it's um, matt lucas and is it eli james is that his name i can't remember the top of my head comedian guy welsh guy um they're relaunching it uh that very little has been shown from sky i haven't seen a trailer or anything i've just a kind of a couple of press shots and stuff uh, of course i'll be tuning in to see how it goes i, I mean i feel in a way from them guys because i think we're all ready to jump on it and say it's not like the original because it won't be and i <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea, if I'm honest. I don't think you can recapture the essence of what Bedell and Skinner did in that time. I don't know how heavily they also lay on the actual fantasy league element of it, because if you cast your mind back to the Bedell Skinner version, I think the first, certainly the first season, possibly the second, I can't remember off the top of my head, were, were kind of you know loosely based on the fact that they had this kind of fantasy league going. And then after that, it just turned into a football magazine-y, chatty, fun comedy show which was brilliant we all loved it very much I don't know how heavily this new version will play on the FPL game because I think in 2022 people take that really really seriously it's like a thing isn't it it's uh you know it has its own podcast and it, you know points are seen on sky and everybody does it you know it's more of a taken seriously and more 
accepted because back then it was kind of new, like the dream team in the sun, all that. It was kind of a new thing, fantasy football. After just after the male older version, it was starting to become a thing. Now it's a proper thing. I don't get involved in it. It's not for me. I, I retired my fantasy football hat a long time ago. I don't know how you can get transfers every week. It's not real football. Don't get that in real football, do you? Like I don't. I've never really got into it. It's just not my thing. The fantasy football. I like. I used to do an auction with my friends, including Ed. We used to do an auction and then do our own version. That was fun because that was your team for the season. You can transfer people every week. Never been down with that, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening are like they do love it, and I'm sure they'll tune in as I will tonight to see the brand new fantasy football league. So we will. Uh, yeah, next episode I think we'll have a little chat about that, and it does preempt. We've never actually done a whole episode talking about Fantasy Football League, which is kind of naughty of us, if you would, because we've even had David Baddiel on the show as well back when we were doing, uh, I think it was a Euro 96 stuff. Joel, who we will have back on the show soon as well, did the interview for us. So maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do a review of it and then do a show looking back at the best bits from Baddiel and Skinner's time. You know, the Phoenix from the Flames, the Pele was shy, all that Jeff Astle sings, you know, all that. Well, maybe we'll do that at some point. So um, hold me to that because you know what we can get like on here. Anyway, something you don't have to hold me back. It's to the next episode of Still Alive and Kicking. So let's get into that. That speak to Oldham Athletic representative from 1992-93. Here is the legend that is Andy Ritchie. Sit back and enjoy a nostalgic ride through the decade that truly changed the face of football. If the 90s are now retro, then it's time for a celebration. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. Um, before we get sort of that section, I just wanted to talk about Andy Ritchie as it was in, in 1992. I mean, at that point, you'd had successful stints at Man United and Leeds and Brighton. Where what, yeah. where were you? As I mean, because you were probably, no disrespect, you were in your early 30s. So looking to the second half, I suppose, of your career. What Where were you, in uh, Andy Ritchie, the player in 1992? Uh I think a lot of people, you know, they always say that once you, you, you get into that age, 29, 30, that you probably come into your best years as a, yeah. as a player. Um, I felt that probably had them a little bit earlier because we'd got to the, uh, the Premier League and we had a fantastic journey along the way, played, you know, some great players. And I felt that that was my sort of um, my best years, those those years leading up when I got to Oldham and, and obviously getting to the Premiership. And then I, I I didn't particularly play that many games in the Premiership because I got injured. I had a, a, um, a back injury when I was 30. I, I uh, had to have a disc out. So it was uh, a long haul. I didn't play for eight months. Mm. Uh, I had the surgery and then worked back to getting fit. So I missed quite a lot of that, uh, that, that sort of initial burst in the, in the premiership. Um, and then I had to really work to get myself back to, to full fitness. And it wasn't, it wasn't going to be guaranteed either, you know, because the, the, the specialist said to me that unfortunately the statistics show that if you have this operation 
from 30 onwards, the older you are over 30, the recovery rate becomes less Yeah. as, as you get older. So I was lucky probably that I was just on the cusp. And um, he just said to me, look, can't guarantee anything, but you're going to have to have this discount. And luckily, I got back and I had another, I had another six years. I had to have a few, uh, few jabs and bits and bats done to me over those six years. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, uh, a few, few caught, well, cortisone and what have you in, in my back, um, and managed to get another six years out of it. But uh, you know, he, so he did me proud, really. The, uh, the, the surgeon. Stuff and, and just before we, you know, that the Oldham golden years they like to call it. I mean, the promotion for Oldham was it the first time in the top flight for that 68 years? There was the two, there was the cup final, the semi final. You were top scorer that season as well with 28 goals. What what was it like to be at Oldham? And again, no disrespect to Oldham, who haven't been you know a, a club in the top division or even in and around it for so long, but to, to reach two finals to, for you to be at the center of it, what was that like as an experience? Uh, it was just. It was amazing, it, it, you know. Like you, you, you know, they, they they used to often aren't the cliches like a dream come true, but it was. I mean, there's not many teams that have done it. You know, you, you probably put Wimbledon in it in that that yeah. uh, you know that bracket, maybe one or two others, but we just had a fantastic uh, group of players who loved each other on the pitch as much as we did off the pitch, and it just worked. I mean, Joe and. Uh, and Willie Donachie had got together a group of, you'd have to say pr- probably people that that had maybe missed the boat in terms of yeah. what the, the you know they all could have achieved, but getting us all together and, and working with us, it, it, we just gelled and it was a it was it was great it was great to be around Oldham. I mean everything was blue and white. There was pies the pies were blue and white. Everything it was <laughs> you know and to get to those those heights where the semi finals and and getting to the the league cup final or the Littlewoods Cup final as it was, and uh, and taking part in that and narrowly missing out, uh, it was just it was just great. I mean, we we got to where we wanted to be. We got to the, the Premiership, but in terms of the other things we've mentioned there, the the, the Littlewoods Cup final and the two semi finals, we just fell short. Yeah. So uh, you know, we we knew we had work to do, and then it just unfortunately because we didn't particularly do as well as maybe we could have done in the premiership, the the crowds started to go down and that created a spiral of yeah. not enough finance coming into the football club for us to, to regenerate. And it, it, it inevitably led to, uh, you know, to us getting uh, relegated and, and actually then the club spiraling a little bit more further down, but not as maybe as far as Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. And that, and that semi-final, I always go back to that in, in 1990 because like that weekend is as well. It's like it's it's viewed as one of the best semi-finals weekend. You know, no Wembley was involved. You know, it was at neutral grounds. Two great games. What were they those games with Man United like to be involved? Especially for you, being someone who'd made their name at United. As well, well, yeah, I mean it was great. I mean, I, I was on I was on a, a bit of a double-edged sword. I didn't want to lose. We wanted to win. <clears throat> Excuse me, but if I could have you know, wanted somebody else to win the cup, I would have wanted Man United to win it. Um, because obviously they were my hometown club that me, you know, still work for them. Very, uh, you know, very lucky to be doing that. And I wanted them to win the cup if we couldn't. Uh, but obviously while we're on that pitch and 
doing battle, uh, I was uh, revved up and wanting to be, you know, be Oldham's uh, sort of hero, if you like. Everybody did. Yeah. And um, we were just unlucky. We just fell short. We we're very unlucky, in, in, in fact, in, you know, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, I think, the second semi final where we were, we were so close. Yeah. Uh, 90 odd seconds and the ball falling to Mark Hughes. If it had fell to anybody else on the edge of the box, I think it had been in Zed. Zedro, you know, but it, it was him, right. and 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 we had a great chance that day because Konchelskis wasn't playing. He came back and played on that Tuesday evening, and and was the difference in the, in that fixture. Yeah, uh, and the and the one earlier, we uh, we did ourselves proud. I think in the first game it was a great great spectacle, and and I, I believe that was the, the they were the first ones that were uh, televised. When yeah. there was two back to back, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, it was it was great from from that point of view, and then we just fell short in the in the semi final. So you know, in the replay again, uh, and we thought that we we should have won that because we had a goal disallowed that was over the line, and the referee didn't give it. Yeah, but you know, that's it's meant to be, and and you know, you get on with it, and and uh, you know, you, you take whatever comes and, and and try to assess it and, and beat it as best you can. You're obviously an Oldham legend as well, Andy. I mean, how does that happen with some clubs and some players? Is it just something organic that you turn up at a club hoping for the best and somehow it marries just beautifully and you have this kind of relationship with one club? I know you obviously you played for many others in, before that, but you and Oldham have then become sort of just... I remember growing up, you, Andy Ritchie was Oldham. I mean, what does that feel like and how does that get established? Well, uh, I think that... The club itself. I mean, when I first came over and, and spoke to to Joe Royal, I, th I think within an hour or so, I, I knew everybody in the in the, within the football club. You know, I, I'd, I'd spoke to him. I'd been down to the laundry, met the, uh, the laundry ladies, and and you know, I had a chat with them. Met everybody in the offices. Met the uh, the commercial side of it, which you know, there was only two. There was Alan Hardy and. Uh, and uh, and one or two others that run all the commercial side, and um, I would I just felt at home, and it and it just it blossomed, and 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 it was a different time then. You could speak to the fans, and the fans were great with you, and you know, and we used to take time to speak to the fans as well. Not 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 only myself, but the the rest of the the lads, and then it blossomed and blossomed, and we got we got to where we where we you know we we ultimately ultimately got to. Um, but I, I think my first, I think the first season I was top scorer, which also helps, doesn't it? You know, if you're a striker. <laughs> um, 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 so yeah, it, it just it just felt right. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very lucky that I had a great relationship with the fans wherever I was, at all my clubs, especially you know at, at Leeds as well. I was taken in by the Leeds fans, um, which was a, a bit of a surprise, having me come from yeah. United. Uh, I did have four years at Lee, uh, sorry, at, at, at um, Brighton yeah. in, in between time. And I, we had a great a great rapport with the, the fans at Brighton. It's a, it was a one-club town. Everybody knew you. Um, so I was very lucky, at the, I think, at the clubs that I've been to. And Man United was a, was a more of a family club when I was first there, obviously. Yeah. It's grown into whatever it, it has be, become. But uh, having it, said it was a, it was a family club it was a massive club at that time but it was more more of a family 
sort of feel to it. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about the advert then. When did you first hear of it? How were you chosen? Because I'm always, I've, I've been, the guys I've spoken to so far, I'm fascinated how and why they were chosen for. I mean, for you, it's maybe slightly more obvious because you were Mr. Oldham, but do you remember the process of being chosen for the advert? Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not sure whether, um, whether I might have had my operation by then. Yeah. Um, I, I may have done, and, and I might have been you know, on the road to recovery. So maybe that had a, a part to play in it. And I don't think it was a massive part because uh, I, think I'd been, I think I had been training. I think the, the gaffer called me in after training, Joe, and he just said, I want to, want to see you. And it was like, oh, shit, you know, what have I done? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't remember doing anything, you know, out, out, out of the, uh, the ordinary. And he just said, listen, he said, um, sit down. The Sky for the uh, for the uh, the new season want to do this big advert. Uh, they want a player from the uh, from all the new clubs to go down. And he said, "That's as far as I know." He said, "But you're the most sensible of the this load of uh, <laughs> lot that I've got." He said, "I want you to go down to do it." He said, "And and, and they're going to pay you for it." So I thought, "Right, yeah." I said, "Well, I'm up for it." Yeah, so yeah. Um, <laughs> I was chasing the dollar. Um, so uh, he said, "Right." He said, "It's next week." He said, "They're going to uh, get you down there. You're going to stay overnight uh, in a in a hotel, and then you will be doing the uh, the advert the next day." He said, "I don't know whether you'll get it finished. Whether you might have to stay another night or whatever." He said, um, "This is a contact number," and I got in touch with uh, the guy at Sky, and and that was it from from there on, really. But uh, yeah, it was it was and it was fantastic. It was a brilliant, brilliant, um, brilliant experience. Because quite a, a mix of lads as well there. Because as I've spoken to some of the guys already, there were some sort of up and comers. There were guys like you already established. There was the enigma that is Vinnie Jones as well. I mean, what do you remember about filming during the day and and, and hanging out with those guys? Well, I mean, we got there, the, uh, and, and we all met up at a um, at Sky, I think it was. Or was it? No, it was a, it was a hotel uh, near Sky in, in Isleworth, not far from the airport. Um, and then they took us out, out on a bus to to the hotel, and we all sort of got together on the bus. I think one or two knew each other, and others yeah. didn't, but. But it was it was fantastic. Everybody just clicked. Everybody, yeah. it was like we were a, a team. If yeah. you, if you know what I mean, it was like being in a dressing room. It was like going to an away game. There was banter going on and this and that, and uh, and we were talking. And I knew one or two um, of, of the players that were on the bus, and uh, and it, it just flowed. Uh, I mean, I knew Gordon Strachan quite well through uh, Neil McNabb, who was at City. Yeah. Uh, so I, I knew I knew Gordon. I got to know. Uh, it not, it, I'm sorry, I, I, I always want to say Ian Drury, and it's not. He was with the Blockheads, wasn't he? But um, uh, Ian Culverhouse, Ian Brightwell. No, it was uh, it was it was the lad that was playing for Tottenham at the, at the time. He was called Drury. Oh, was called, yeah, Gordon Drury. <laughs> Gordon Drury. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just it just clicked, and everybody just got on. Um, the, we had a meal that night and we had a few drinks. Uh, everybody got to, to know each other and we, we, we said, right, you've got to be up at seven o'clock down in reception. It's going to be a full full on day. 
and uh, we got on the coach and that was it. And we, we all had our strips, yeah. got into them. And then the, uh, you know, everybody was told what they were going to do. It was a, it was a massive big, like, um, storage depot that we went to. Yeah. Um, we had a, a fire engine outside that was pumping the water in for the shower scenes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was obviously made out like a gym complex and, and things like that to make it look as though we were, we were training. And I remember I wasn't in one of the, the, the scenes for the, uh, for the shower, but the, the water was freezing. <laughs> so they were, they were taking the, the shots and the lads were like doing it, re- doing it really quickly and jumping out. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is freezing. Um, and I was lucky that I didn't have to do one of those shower scenes. Uh, but there was all the different parts to it. I mean, I got I got totally mullered by the lads when I got back for the for the the bit, you know, when I was doing that. Uh, ask you about, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, my face comes out, and I'm like, you know, grimacing as though I was uh, doing about fifty kilos on each uh, each bar. Uh, so I got a bit of stick for that. Um, I think someone posted your mobile phone. I was on. I think I was on a bike, and someone gives me a, a, yeah. a mobile phone, which was about the size of my, well, bigger than my head. Um, you know, uh, so it, it was it was different, but it was really good. We had a great day. I'm not sure if we had to co- go back the next morning and finish off a couple of couple of things, but um, but I, I wouldn't have missed it. It was it was brilliant. It was it was really good, and everybody got on, and and they. Um, we had to do a few, we did a few like interviews as well. Yeah. The, the people at Sky said to us that we might want to use you on, on TV or, you know, on uh, things. So would you do interviews to camera? So when you weren't actually being used on the, on the advert, you went into a little booth over on the corner and you, and you did some stuff oh, okay. to camera. And, yeah. and, and I think they were just checking out if you were, if you were good to, yeah. you know, to, to actually, um, you know, be on on camera and, and talk to the you know the people and be interviewed or whatever. That bit I remember actually, I was I, I've written that down because it's John Walk, then it morphs into you as well, and it's, it's <laughs> like Michael Jackson's yeah. black and white video where those faces morph in together. It's Walkie it's, with all his beard and his hair, yeah, and it comes yeah. to me with with with, uh, with no hair and, and no beard, yeah. You're also one of the first person you see in the advert where you walk out. I'm um, imagine that was like a mock gym with you and Gordon. You both yeah. at the same time. So Andy Ritchie plays quite a big part in this advert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, starring role, not. <laughs> um, no, it was it was great, and it, and it gave. I think it gave all the lads a little bit of an insight into that side of it, the media yeah. side. Yeah, and probably one or two of them, including myself, I probably thought, oh, I don't mind that. You know, quite quite enjoyed that. Um, and I did work. I did do quite a bit for Sky, you know, over the years after yeah. I'd, I'd finished playing, or you know, and, and even when I was playing. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and it was a great day. And like I say, we met some some great lads, and and we had a we had a good laugh doing it. I, I can assure you. Was there anyone who was slightly shyer or slightly more reluctant to do some of the filming, or was everyone pretty much game for anything that day? No, I don't think you could be. Uh, uh, really because everybody just got on with it the yeah. majority of the lads were all up for it you know and, and and having a good laugh um and i think it was just like yeah come on let's get on with it and let's have a let's have a bit of a laugh and 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 uh, we we did that certainly and and <clears throat> excuse me i know that the 
you know, the producers were really pleased with what we did and they, they were, they were, you know, very appreciative at the end of it. You know, they got us all together and, and, uh, and said, you know, it was, it was brilliant. We, you know, there was no prima donnas, nobody saying, well, you know, yeah, stop yeah. that, I'm not doing that. Uh, and obviously the lads that did the shower scenes got a little bit of a round of applause because they uh, they were freezing cold for most of the time they were there. I spoke to um, John Salako actually and he was telling me about that and how embarrassed he came. He got home when he saw the lads and his family that he'd done this scene and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite well imagined. Um, quickly, just going back before I let you go to that season as well. I know obviously you're injured, but it's that season, the 92-93 season, is the famous Oldham Survival Act. You were back by the end of You scored in the last game, I think, against Southampton. Yeah, against Southampton, yeah. What was that like? I mean, it's, it's one of those, when they do those top 10 countdowns of survivals, you know, it's always included, even though it was, you'd be 30 years next year. What was the buzz like, the after party of knowing you'd survived and, and the game itself? Um, well, the after party was, uh, it was quite extensive. <laughs> um, but... It wasn't just that game, was it? It was the three games we had. Yeah. We knew that we had to win all three. And what actually happened, as you 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 know well know, that we beat Aston Villa away, which we you know started as on the roll. Yeah. And I think that gave Manchester United the title that season as well, yeah, it because because Villa Villa needed to beat us yeah. and and what have you. So United gave. We gave them the title that season. But I think what gave us a little bit more belief was was that game than the rest of it was was that the goal scorer was Nick Henry. Yeah. And Nick Henry didn't score goals. He, he was a fantastic midfield player. Yeah. He, you know, he scored what a, a cracking goal against Arsenal when we beat Arsenal at home in the uh, in the Little Woods Cup. And he, I think it, that... Of all the time I was there, I can remember maybe Nicky scoring maybe five goals. Yeah. And that was that was one of them. And I think it just gave us, when we came in after the game, we were thinking, I mean, Nicky scored the goal there. We, you know, and I think it just gave us a lift yeah. uh, that Nick had scored that goal. And then obviously we played um, Liverpool on the, I think it was the Wednesday Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. Had to beat them. We did so, beating them. Um and then we knew that that was it now. You know, we'd got the, the game at uh, at the end against Southampton. They had nothing to play for. Although, you know, there's been so many games like that, hasn't there, where yeah, people totally. have got nothing to nothing to gain, yet they go and beat people and, and trounce them. And um, we ended up uh, scraping through at the end because Matt Letizia got a, got a hat-trick. And I remember saying to him after he'd scored the second, what, what the... What the? F- I, well, I, I'm not going to say it because yeah. you'll have to bleep it out. But what the hell are you doing? Yeah. What you know? You know? Just calm it. You know. Um, but we'd heard that, that that they had they had been out the night before till about three o'clock drinking all all the Southampton players. So if they played like that, they should have probably got uh, Brahms every every game. You know. But we managed to keep our nose in front and we managed to win four three. And, and just after that, it was just. I mean, I remember my first reaction was when the first the whistle went. I just turned to the dugout and I saw Joe stood with his, you know, with his arms up like that and, and sort of turning round and applauding. And it was just relief. And and then, well, then you could you just couldn't move on the pitch. It was uh, you know engulfed. And 
yeah, and then we had, we had a, a really good uh, celebration after that uh, went on till the next day. <laughs> well, imagine it. I mean, I'd always think that squad had such an underrated casting, really. You mentioned guys like Nick Henry and Gunnar Hallery obviously went on to play, Darren Beckford, Ian Marshall. There, there was yeah. who you doesn't get in that squad was probably better than you saw in training and doesn't get the credit that, that somewhat deserved. No, they didn't. I mean, Gunnar was brilliant, you know, and another one that sort of went under the radar and did his work and, and was very underrated, I think, and, and underpraised by, by a lot of people. I, I got on great with Gunnar. I was really good mates with Gunnar. Um, and we used to go out together and uh, we used to go to come to each other's houses um, with his, his wife and his, uh, his daughter. And... Um, yeah, we got on really get great. And then Tora Pedersen came, uh, if you remember. And yeah. I got on great with Tora because he knew um, he knew Gunnar. And Tora, believe it or not, was a uh, was a big Leeds fan when he well, he still was. He was a big Leeds fan when he was younger. And he said to me, he said, I have pictures of you up on my bedroom wall. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know how to take that. I was a bit like, well, yeah, I am I am an old so and so, yeah. Um, but I got on great with Tora as well, and I, I, I you know, we still keep in touch every now and again. Um, so there, there was a lot of people that were were underrated in that in that team. Um, that a lot of you know Peter Skipper when he came, God rest his soul, what a, what a great player he was. Yeah. And and they just went about the duties, and you know, uh, Richard Jobson, Mike Milligan, uh, you know, uh, people like that. Neil Adams and uh, and obviously uh, you know uh, Rick Holden play, players like that. It, it was just it was just a, a great team that gelled together, you know. And, and and we and we we loved every minute every minute of it. Like I say, we were great off the pitch as well as we were on on the pitch. A question I've asked everyone on for this book is: what, When did you notice the change? Because obviously it'd be thirty years next year from the Premier League. What for you, having played, you know? in the eighties and then at the, before the Premier League, what, where was the changes for you before we got into this early conglomerate is the Premier League? What changed for you? Uh, I don't know, really. I mean, I, I think, I don't think we really, well, I, I didn't really witness that change as much, you know, because I left as when uh, virtually the season after Joe left. So I didn't really get into the, yeah. the you know, the, 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 the way that Sky took it forward because uh, I went to, to Scarborough. So I didn't really feel what had, what happened around the football club. And mm. and obviously then it's sort of spiralling a little bit. Uh, so I think obviously it's, I mean, from then on, it's just to where it is now. It's just amazing, isn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, not sure that the football's, better mm. um i think it's more sterile than than it was uh you know because you can't you can't kick anybody you, you know you can't <laughs> you can't you can't introduce them to the plastic as as joe yeah. used to tell us to do um you know you, you, so i think it's a it's a totally different football game now um there's still some fantastic games in there and, and brilliant players there are a lot i won't say fitter than us but there's a lot more science in the game. And, and I often wonder, had we had that amount of science and had I had, uh, had the chance to avail myself of it, would I have been a better player? Would I have been a fitter player? 
yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and having said that, Willie Donoghue was very, very uh, upfront and 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 one of the pioneers of trying different things. We, you know, we did a lot of different uh, types of training with Willie. Um, we went boxing training, for instance, uh, very early on. We um, we had a, uh, a, a a sprint coach came down and used to work with us during the week. Uh, we had a, a his 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 person. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He was called Lenny Heppel, oh, okay. and he, he he was a he was a dance coach. Right. But he but he worked with a lot of. Um, famous tennis players. I think oh, he'd worked okay. with John McEnroe. And and he, he used to, we used to like d do these movements with him, backwards, forwards, and, and all these movements that he said you use in, in tennis, which you, you, you need to bring into your game in football and be alert. And and we used to do that. We played a lot of table tennis. He got table tennis uh, uh, tables for us, for our reactions and quickness and, you know, uh, little quick movements off the mark. Uh, so he was very, very forward thinking, but then it, it's gone, it, this now has gone to a different level, hasn't it? I mean, you've got, I mean, I don't know how many coaches there are at Manchester United and, and then how many people work on the, uh, you know, the uh, the computers to give you how many how many steps you've done and how many times you, you know, you've, you, you've, you've breathed before you go onto the pitch and then, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, um it's a, it's a total different game now, and it and it's global. There's a there's a game virtually every night. I'm not sure whether that's overkill, yeah. um, but uh, but I'm I'm glad that I'm still in it. I enjoy it. I love it. I, I, you know, work on match days at Old Trafford, which is the best job you can have. Uh, and I also work for MUTV, so uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing bits for bits and bats for media. Uh, I'm I'm lucky to still be in the game in one way or the other, sort of what, well, I'm 60 now, so 40-odd, uh, if not 50-odd years nearly, well, 40-odd at least, um, you know, and uh, and I was lucky to, to not really get a bad injury apart from a, yeah. my back injury. I was very lucky in that respect as well. Final question, um, you, you mentioned what you're doing now. I mean, you dipped your toe in management, didn't you? And you went to Oldham and had a pretty successful term there. Is that something you you ever considered going back to or was that enough for you managing you know no no I mean I, I enjoyed every part of my management career um you know I was I, I, I very very lucky to get a promotion as a player and I got a promotion as a manager at, at uh, Barnsley and I enjoyed it at Oldham uh Barnsley was was the pinnacle because you, you know getting a, a a a promotion is what you want as a manager and we managed to do it there. We had a, a great bunch, great, great staff. Rick Oldham was part of my staff there. And uh, we really worked hard because we only had three or four of us, but we had a great group and we likened the group that we had to ourselves when we were at Oldham. We, we sort of tried to recreate the atmosphere that we had to a, a certain degree and I think we did. I think the lads enjoyed coming in. I think they enjoyed training. They had a great rapport again with you know with themselves. They they liked to to go out and have a little bit of a drink with each other, which as long as it wasn't stupid was yeah. was okay by me, uh, because I thought that was that was team spirit. And I think that a lot of people don't realise what team spirit can do for you. 
yeah. Um, I know we've, we've mentioned Wimbledon earlier on, and that, that that's a massive uh, example of that, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. But at the moment, no. no I, well, I, I, I'm not saying at the moment. No, I wouldn't go back to it. I, um, but again, going back to the way football's changed, the game has changed and the way you have to run a football club has changed. I don't think I'd be able to do it. I don't think I'd be able to um, <laughs> to to handle the players yeah. <laughs> um, the way I want to or the way I would like to. And uh, and that's probably why I, I wouldn't I wouldn't dip my toes in again, um, and, I, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing, and I'm, I've got the freedom to you know if if I want to go and and play golf when I when I want I can, um, if, I, if I want to go on holiday uh, in the international break I can, uh, you know so I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Andy, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been a great chatting to you. It's Pleasure, Ash. Anytime, you know that. It'd be great there. <laughs>